and welcome to Phoenix Foundation, an episode-by-episode podcast review of CBS's action-adventure series, MacGyver. I'm Patrick O'Reilly. And I'm Richard Wells. And today we'll be tackling Season 3, Episode 2, Lost Love, Part 2. episode was September 28th, 1987. It was directed by Cliff Bowl and written by Jerry Ludwig, just like the first half of this episode. Yeah. They didn't uh, have two separate writers. Uh, they do for the next, uh, or no, it's not two separate writers, but two different directors for the, the next two-parter. Oh, really? Which is the one with where Michael Ensign comes back. Okay, okay. Uh, I think that's the next two-parter. There could be something else in between this and that, but yeah. Um, so why don't we go over this half in, uh, in brief? It's kind of the same. Yeah, I mean, uh, just to, to remind people where we left off sure, last yeah, week, recap. Um, there was a cultural exposition in which a priceless Chinese artifact, uh, the Ming Dragon, which is a jade statue, right. was going to be put on display. And in the midst of this, a woman from MacGyver's past, who's supposed to be dead, is actually alive. And, and trying to defect from, from the KGB. Right. And when their plan failed to escape from them, she was she's being held hostage... And MacGyver is being forced to steal the Ming Dragon to give to the Russians. Right. And that's kind of also the, the premise for this whole episode. I mean, that's where we left off, and that's what this episode's going to yeah. be about. The end of, of last week's episode, uh, MacGyver's resurrected ex-girlfriend, Lisa Kohler, had an explosive necklace around her neck. Mm-hmm. And she's being held hostage uh, in exchange for this MacGyver stealing this jade dragon. Yeah. Which he developed the entire security system for. So Correct. they assumed he was the only person who could get it. Um, so yeah, and he enlists Jack in uh, mm-hmm. collecting it. So where, where, what is the first scene of uh, the second part? Well, because it does one of those like previously on MacGyver kind right, of things. Right, right, right. So we get um, that. The very first scene is MacGyver coming back to his hotel room. Okay. Um, and he comes in and the light's already on. Because Jack is there. Yeah, and so he's immediately like suspicious that someone is oh, in right, there. Oh, right, right, right. Why he would think it would be someone trying to hurt him, I don't know, because at this point... He knows that all of his enemies are waiting for him to to do something. Yeah, good. unless there's like a fourth team involved in <laughs> yeah. this episode. Um, but Jack uh, comes out of his bathroom and like MacGyver grabs him and throws him up against the wall before he realizes that it's Jack. I guess this is the only time we'll get the uh, the collar Jack around the collar yeah, moment yeah, yeah. for this episode. It's required in every Jack episode. It's funny too though because that's almost the same thing that happened when uh, Penny Parker showed up out of nowhere. Like they keep using his bathroom. Mm-hmm. It's always how he like finds people in his place. Yeah, um, but Jack was uh, was was there because he was hoping MacGyver would come back. He was because Pete went back to uh, whatever headquarters, temporary headquarters they have. Yeah, and so Jack was said, "Well, I'll stand by in the hotel room in case MacGyver comes back." Sure. And this is where Jack lays out the whole story that he needs to steal the Ming Dragon, and so Jack is like, "Oh, great! Well, just call Pete. He'll he'll give you the combination." Yeah. And you can, you know, he'll, he'll, you know, we won't give it to him. It'll be a plan. It'll use it as bait and catch him. But MacGyver doesn't want to implicate Pete in any of this. Right. But he is perfectly willing to... To steal the Jade Dragon. And and, and also to implicate Jack. Yeah. Like, he doesn't want to risk Pete's career, but he will risk Jack and Jack's career. Well, and, I mean, broad strokes, if you you take this to the conclusion of the episode, Mm -hmm. which is that, like... He's doing a bait and switch kind of on them. Yeah. Why did he need to steal the Jade Scorpion? Like, he didn't need to, right? No. He, well, I guess 
The only reasoning behind it is so that they would hear that the Jade Scorpion had been, or the dragon. Jade Dragon had been stolen. Yeah. And that they received one. Mm-hmm. But he could just as easily have been like, here's a fake one. Call up Pete, say, hey, the bad guys hired me to steal the Jade Dragon. Yeah. So I'm going to give them a fake one. Tell the people that own the museum to pretend that it got stolen. Yeah. yeah <laughs> like, yeah. that's all they had to do. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, tell Commissioner Chu, undercover of yeah. night. Put the dragon back a, on the boat. This is an additional security measure. This is in their best interest. This is yeah. exactly why they hired us. Mm-hmm. So let's do what they want. That's not exciting, Pat. I guess not. That's logical, yeah. but not exciting. Right. <laughs> so instead, Jack is totally on board with helping his good friend MacGyver steal the dragon. Um, but they're, I guess because they're putting in new sec- security procedures in all night, that the only way to, to, uh, to steal it will be to steal it at first light in the morning. Right. Also gives them a convenient... Because MacGyver knows the schedules for these, the mm-hmm. guard rotations. Uh, so, back at the exhibition, well, I'm assuming it's in the same building, almost. Like, it's kind of weird, because like, the hotel seems like it's part of the building. Yeah. But maybe separate in another way, too. They also go to get some equipment. So. Yeah. Uh, Commissioner Chu and Pete exit the hall, and because uh, they've been setting up the new security system all night. And... Uh, Chu notices that Peter was uneasy and kind of like is asking him, hey, I understand if it's personal, but if it's about the dragon, I need you to tell me what's going on. Yeah. And Pete was just saying, oh, it's about MacGyver and uh, the dragon's safe. No one, yeah. like, who could break in there now? Cut to um, <laughs> uh, this big uh, semi truck pulling up to make a delivery to the exposition. Uh, and Jack. Typical and, MacGyver entrance. Yeah. Hiding underneath the van or inside the van, but underneath in yeah. this case. Luckily, the truck had those uh, guards to keep something from rolling underneath the the truck. Yeah, but he does the same thing in the other uh, Nikolai Kossoff Thief of Budapest episode to get into the prison camp. Yeah, well, he, he does the same thing in Human he Factor factored, to yeah. get into the facility. He he's very fond of uh, climbing up underneath trucks and then riding through gates. Uh. So yeah, he and Jack tumble out and uh, make their way over to a ventilation duct. Yeah. And it's it's so weird because he says the screw the bolts are spring loaded. They're spring loaded so that you only have to unscrew them slightly and then they pop out. Yeah, that's. But it's, it's like just say they're screws. I don't know yeah. like, what's the benefit of them being spring loaded. And I, is that a thing? I mean, it might be a thing. I don't know. Maybe. Um, just reminds me of how all the. Screws are explosive in 2001 A Space Odyssey. That it's like, oh, the explosive bolts? Yeah. yeah. Um, it also made me think of those screwdrivers that are like those really long screwdrivers where you just go, where you, it's like, it's like two feet long. Yeah. But as you push in, it screws. Yeah, so yeah, you only yeah. need to just do it once. it's twisting on its own. Yeah. I always thought those were kind of neat. Yeah, but I always feel neat. like I wouldn't get enough. I'd have to do it at least two or three times. Yeah. Um, and you rarely have that much room anyway. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but as they're uh, removing the grate, MacGyver sees that there's a pressure switch on it. So if right. someone were to tamper with it, the alarm will go off. So they have to tape it up so that it doesn't... Yeah. And it's my experience. Is as strong as duct tape is, it's stretchy. Yeah. It's, so it, there's a lot of give to it. Yeah. So if you were to do that, it would... That switch would slowly be pressing out. Yeah. And then after a couple of minutes, it would just come off. Yeah. He's also bending his knife really harshly. Yeah, yeah. Uh... But anyway, it doesn't go off, and they get in. And they have to climb up two stories through this vent, which luckily is very, very large. Like, yeah. Um, 
for an exterior vent, there seems to be a lot of room for them to maneuver. Yeah, it's big enough to like walk into it standing up. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> MacGyver makes some kind of weird reference to Jack about, this is like that time you were in that Mayan pyramid crawling through spiders and snakes. He's like, well, actually, I wasn't actually in it, but I saw the movie. <laughs> yeah. Which isn't the, the last time that they'll make a joke about what they're doing being the same as what Indiana Jones does. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so they get over the exhibition hall, and they are doing like a Mission Impossible style. They're right above Dropping the dragon. Dropping down from the ceiling. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're going to winch themselves, lower themselves down. And MacGyver even, it's an electric winch, and so he actually ties it into uh, a power box that's inside the ventilation shaft. Right. So that it's being powered by the building. And uh, they they keep mentioning the guard schedule, and it's like, okay, the guard's about to enter the room, but he doesn't come into the room. Yeah. He just opens the door, does a casual look around, and then leaves. Yeah. It's like, you're not inspecting the room. These guards are so lazy, and again, like you were saying... There's really only one exhibit. Yeah. <laughs> there's just this, the Jade Dragon, and that's it. There's nothing else there. Which should, as you said, have a guard 24 yeah. hours a day. Yeah, there should just be a guy standing next to it. Or it should just be sitting in a guard's lap all night. Yeah. <laughs> a nice... <laughs> just trying to eat his like lunch, and his food's yeah. falling all over the dragon. <laughs> um, so they, they lower themselves down. They kind of like repel... Uh, down and then they uh, apply some suction cups to the glass case. Right. So now they have to figure out the combination, which MacGyver doesn't know yeah. and has to guess at. So he starts putting in a lot of different things, and uh, one of the first things he puts in uh, is uh, Pete's birthday. Which was what, 12, 1933? I think it was. Or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was something like that. Um, and it was definitely yeah, we're 30. assuming it's Pete's birthday. Yeah, like assuming it's Pete's birthday. Um, and then he tries like aspects of Pete's phone number, but because it's a, it's a, it's a six digit, like yeah. a phone number wouldn't be enough. Right. Like yeah. it, you have to be one section of a phone number or the other section yeah. minus one number. Um, and, uh, you know, Jack's trying to say like, Oh, does he gamble? Play the, play his favorite numbers. And Matt's when MacGyver realized, no, Pete likes golf. In fact, he likes it so much that MacGyver enters in a number and the door unlocks because it was Arnold Palmer's birthday. Right. Which is uh, September 10th, 1929. Yeah. And it is actually his birthday. I'm yeah. sure they, they did their research on that. Um, or and or I, Pete just knew it. Yeah. Dan well, Elkhart told them. And I love that, that MacGyver knows it. And Jack's all, how do you know Arnold Palmer's birthday? Doesn't everybody? <laughs> um, and so uh, now that the, the door is unlocked... They have a two-step. They have to lift the glass using the winch, but also keep pressure on the pressure plate uh, so the alarm doesn't go off. Right. So uh, it's so like yeah, it's kind of like a, a two-person job because someone has to hold down the pressure plate while the other person goes into the cage. Right. So the glass goes up, and MacGyver crawls in and grabs the dra- starts picking up the dragon. But that's when one of the suction cups starts to give. And before Jack can warn him, it slams. Well, it's down. not before Jack can warn him. Yeah, because Jack has plenty of time to warn him. That's but true. He doesn't. He doesn't. He 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 just says it's slipping. But he he doesn't say it until it's like already falling down. Yeah. Like he sees it coming down. He's like, oh oh oh, and he just kind of lifts his hands yeah. up, like, oh, I'm gonna block this thing. So now MacGyver's trapped inside, 
and Jack couldn't remember the numbers that MacGyver had put in. Yeah. And uh, and that's you know that, this is like the, the dramatic moment for the for, for the commercial break. And it's sort of dramatic, but then it's also kind of crazy because then he has to go type in the numbers again. Mm-hmm. And like they still needed the winch connected to the glass, didn't they, for it to lift yeah. it up? And does he re-put the suction cups on it, or I don't remember him. If doing he does, that. we don't see it. Yeah. Um. It it it, it just happens. Yeah. And uh, so now there's a, a really infuriating but funny scene yeah. of Jack misinterpreting MacGyver's miming yeah. of, of everything. Because <laughs> MacGyver keeps trying to tell him to shut up. And Jack's all, oh, you're running out of air. There's no air. Yeah. <laughs> He's trying to play charades through the window. Yeah. But and, MacGyver's not. He's just trying to be like, ten, nine. Yeah. Uh, so he eventually like starts breathing on the glass yeah. and writes the numbers down for Jack to input. And uh, but she's having to write backwards for himself. Yeah, wait, wait, yeah, it's like it's tricky. But he's doing a good job. Yeah, he's like you can you can see him thinking about it too as he's drawing like you yeah. know, backwards, 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 backwards. Um, and uh, so they get the glass open and they got the dragon, but uh, now they need to escape and their plan is to set off the alarms. Right. And Jack's all, well, that'll attract every guard in the building. And MacGyver goes, exactly. <laughs> so I like the I like the the exactly reversal. Yeah. Um, and from here we just kind of see the exterior of the exhibition hall, and we hear the alarms going off. And one of the first guard runs in, and he gets snared by the winch, and gets suspended from the ceiling. Yeah. Because uh, he lo- steps perfectly into yeah. the loop. Um. So he's dangling while the other guards come in, and they're... it's like the Jack of Lies snare. Yeah, they, exactly. They're counting on the guy stepping in the exact right place. Um, and so now uh, all the guards are just kind of like, "Oh, the dragon's gone! Someone call Pettigrew! Turn off the alarm! Get that guy down!" Like it's just like they're so busy with that room, they don't see Mac and Jack pretty much just run out of the building. Yeah, like, and there's no additional guards outside. Yeah, there's there's no one securing the exits. There's no one. That's the whole thing. The step one in a robbery is secure the perimeter. Yeah. And and then there's like a crazy scene where they 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 climb this. It's like a ten foot tall yeah, fence outside. Yeah, it's a outside. really tall fence. Maybe taller than ten, like yeah. twelve foot tall. Yeah, it's 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 a significantly tall fence, but I'm These... still not certain if going up, it's definitely them. But coming down. No, it's all one shot. The going up and coming down. Is it? I thought yeah. it, I thought it cuts. Well, there's there's a shot of the two of them. It's definitely the two of them running up to the fence and jumping on it. And then we go to a wide shot of them yeah. going the whole way to the top of the fence and, and coming oh, down. Yeah, and it's... And jumping off like halfway down. So yeah. there's like a literally just a five-foot jump to asphalt. Yeah, and it's just out of focus enough... That, that you can't tell who it is. It, it, I mean, it looks like them, but then they run around a column... And to then, get into a car. Yeah. And it, it's definitely them getting in the car, but we're pretty sure... That there were lookalikes standing behind this column that they traded places with. Yeah, it, it's, it, it, I don't know, it just. The, especially Jack, the jump that he does. Yeah. Because he doesn't even bother climbing the whole way to the bottom of the fence. He just jumps off yeah, from yeah, yeah. really, really high up. I like, it just seems suspicious because they ran around that column. Had they run around the front side of the column. I mean, that's oh. how you break bones in your feet. Those kind of jumps. Yeah. It just looks really scary. Uh, so we're not sure it was them. 
I, I think we're probably at this point. I'm to... almost a hundred percent sure it was not them. Okay. Uh, but, but I didn't even notice the column thing until we rewatched it. Cause I was like, Oh my gosh, that was actually them. And you're like, yeah, unless they switch behind the column. And I was like, Oh, they did run behind a column. Let's yeah. watch it again. And I was like, Oh yeah, they totally switched. <laughs> um, so they make their getaway in uh, Jack's car and the, but Tanya and one of her goons were waiting nearby in the van um, and they immediately follow after them. And Jack is pretty confident that they've escaped, but that's when MacGyver sees the van coming up alongside right. them. Right, yeah. And Tanya is demanding the dragon, but MacGyver doesn't want to give it up until he knows that Lisa and Kossoff are safe. Yeah. Because he has no assurances at all. Yeah. And uh, when she doesn't seem like she's going to relent, Jack, uh, Mac tells Jack to drive on and meet him down the street. Yeah. And he's going to run on foot with the dragon and kind of like, I, I don't know, just try to lose him, I guess. Yeah. So they're just... We're supposed to understand that on this trip is when he made the switch? Yeah. Okay. Um, when we ne- it's very important that we never see it. Right, yeah. Um, right. And there is a big parade going on, presumably for the cultural exchange. Right. It's kind of like, it's like a celebration. Yeah. Um, so MacGyver's kind of like ducking in and out of the crowds and then runs into a store. And Tanya and her goon run into the store with them, uh, just behind him. But then MacGyver comes up from behind a counter and is making his way out. So right. we, we never see that occur. Right. Um, and uh, on his way out, he runs into some chimes, whether it was on purpose or an accident. I'm not sure. Yeah, that's um, true. To let them know. Yeah. Like, oh, by oh, the way, I left. Yeah. Come follow me. Uh, and from there, he just kind of makes his way again through the crowd and loses them and meets up with Jack. Yeah. So now they have the dragon and uh, uh, MacGyver has to call in to General Rokubian to let him know that he's got it. And, uh, see. Um, from here, we go back to the exposition where Pete's talking to Pettigrew about the heist. Right. And Pete is very convinced that there had to have been at least two people because to pull this off. Yeah. And he even says two guys working alone could pull it off. It's like, it's like, why didn't you tell us that when we put you in charge of making yeah, this secure? Because two guys pulling it off doesn't seem like you were pretty casually like, yeah, that could happen. Yeah, there were two of them, yeah. Well, we never considered the possibility that there would be two of them. Yeah. Um, so Commissioner Chu steps in just at that moment and says, uh, you know, I agree, Peter. It must have been two. Can I talk to you privately? Um, and Which is actually pretty gracious of Chu to not just call him out right there in front yeah. of everybody. Well, I think Chu is as much trying to avoid an international incident uh, yeah. as anyone. Um, so and, but Chu thinks, well, he, yeah, he shows yeah. him the footage first. Yeah, he shows him the footage, um, which Pete is super excited. Because he installed a uh, security camera, which yeah. they should have done, step one. Yeah. There was no cameras in there? Yeah. <laughs> um, and luckily, uh, the camera was held by a cameraman who was clearly following the action yeah. of MacGyver and Jack. Yeah. It's um, literally just the footage that we watched earlier. Mm-hmm. It's the security footage. And uh, and so Pete's obviously surprised that it's MacGyver and Jack. And Chu is like, just starts yelling at him. Is this Was this intentional? Was this a political theft? Are you trying to... Like he's trying to turn China and Russia against each other. Yeah. Or China and America. Well, if it was China and America, then he... I mean... I guess if if he knew they had the camera, that mm-hmm. that would be the case. But otherwise, 
Like, he would just be like, yeah, we stole it. Like, if he was trying to, trying to turn him on America. That's true. And Pete, Pete's trying to convince him, no. 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 Yeah. He... The least convincing no's ever. <laughs> There's still more. I think they were more emotive than his no when MacGyver got killed by yeah, an avalanche. Yeah, I don't <laughs> But I just oh, thought, he's no. like. But he's just like, oh, were you trying to turn us against each other? No. No. What? No. <laughs> Come on. How could you even say something like that? Um, and Chu, again, like you said, is gracious, and Pete convinces him, to, like, give me 24 hours to figure this out. Yeah. Before, like, no one knows it's stolen yet. This hasn't gone to the press. Nothing has happened officially yet. Right. Let's find out what happened before we start going and making, making threats. Yeah. But somehow it needs to be known that this thing has been stolen because otherwise these people are going to know that MacGyver isn't giving them the right right Jade Dragon. So somehow they know that it actually got stolen. Well, Tanya knows. Oh, because she's part of the commission, so she's there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 she was. And you know, I mean, she she she's witnessed MacGyver running away with it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So she she at least yeah you know, they the Russians know. So MacGyver calls up Rakubian, and uh, says, you know, I got the dragon. And Rukumin's a little upset that it, like he was he was late to the call. Yeah. But MacGyver says, "Oh, your friend Tanya tried to take the dragon." And Rukumin seems genuinely like at first is like genuinely like, "Yeah, I don't know anything about this. You're, that, that's that's very. I wouldn't do anything so stupid." Yeah. Um, but then says, "We still have a deal, though, right?" And MacGyver says, "Yeah, we have a deal on my terms now." Yeah. And uh, says that he's gonna meet him at the Bayside Generating Plant. And. At this point, Rakubian hangs up the phone, and Tanya's in the room with him. And so it's clear now that Rakubian knew, but even now he's saying, that was very stupid of you to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had a plan, and you're ruining my plan. Yeah. Uh, and so he says, do what MacGyver says, go to the plant, and get the dragon. And then you can kill him. Yeah. At this point, like, we don't need him anymore, so you can kill him after that. So now at the Bayside plant, go Bayside. Beep, 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 beep. Base. Beep, 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 go Bayside. <laughs> okay, so now at the plant, uh, Jack is uh, and Mac are separated, and they're, but they're in radio communication. And uh, the van pulls up, and one guard saves the van, and the other one goes with Tanya into the plant. And so Jack's responsibility is to take care of the other guard. Right. Inside, uh, MacGyver is up on a control platform, and holding the dragon on a string above the floor. And it's just barely low enough that the guy could actually reach it. Yeah. Well, from like a beam. Yeah, yeah. Like he had to go up a set of stairs and walk out onto this ledge. Yeah. So he orders that uh, the necklace be taken off Lisa, which it is. And uh, then he has like Lisa get to a safe position. And when she's there, he, and he lets this guy go out onto the beam to try to get the dragon... He yanks the string and the dragon comes loose, and Tanya does like this knee dive. Yeah, catch running of it. dive. Yeah. But that dragon, this dragon is full of like spikes. Yeah, like, it's covered in spikes. It's made of rock. It yeah. probably weighs like eighty pounds. Yeah, and she catches it in her arm. Yeah. And it's like, oh gosh, it's gotta hurt so frigging bad. Well, luckily it wasn't the actual J dragon. Yeah. And she should have noticed when she grabbed it and it was like floppy, rubbery plastic. Well, this this one, here's the thing. It's a little bit more rigid than the other ones. Yeah, like this one is actually plaster, but the other ones were all rubber. Yeah. Uh, so it's kind of like a weird, weird situation. 
Also, that it was only seven fifty. Well, we'll get into that. Yeah, yeah. Seven hundred and fifty. Uh, oh, oh no. that makes more sense. Uh, so uh, you know, uh, Tanya is ordering her guard to kill him, but uh, Lisa and Mac are already making their way outside, where Jack has done a crazy like maneuver with the guard, where he just kind of goes underneath the van and pulls his legs down so he just falls yeah. face first into the ground. <laughs> it's like, oh, man. It's pretty awesome, though. Um, and he also disables the van by taking uh, the distributor cap out. Yeah. Um, and so they take off, and now uh, are... Uh, but... Oh, I forgot to mention that uh, Rakubian told MacGyver that Kossoff is dead. Cause right, Ka- yeah. Like, Nikolai Kossoff tried to escape... And was killed in the escape. Right. And we know just from the fact that we didn't see this happen that it didn't happen. Yeah. Because otherwise they would have shown it. So um, once they have Lisa, uh, MacGyver's trying to give his condolences about Nikolai. And, and she's saying, no, no, he's still alive. They lied to you. I saw him this morning. Yeah. And so now they have to go to the mansion where Rakubian has been living uh, in order to help him escape. Yeah. They keep pulling me back in. Yeah. And uh, so once they get there, you know, they're kind of sneaking onto the grounds. There doesn't appear to be anyone around. But as soon as they get to the house, they're sprung upon by Tanya, her goon, their general, and Nikolai. Right. All of them now aiming guns at MacGyver and Jack. And this, at this point, Lisa now steps away from MacGyver and joins her compatriots. Yeah. And we realize that everyone was against them the whole time. Yeah. Ugh, it's so messed up. And then up. Jack pulls out a gun and points it at MacGyver and says, I'm sorry, pal. I'm <laughs> sorry, pal. No, that's not what? That doesn't happen. Um, happens in Crystal and then Skull. And Pete shoots MacGyver in the face. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, Pete shoots the general. This, now I will take my place in the government. <laughs> now what? I am KGB. <laughs> Pete, future KGB. Former DXS. And MacGyver just pulls off a mask, and he's like... <laughs> Tom Cruise. Hence the climbing down from the ceiling. Mm-hmm. So now, uh, they're inside that mansion. Jack and Mac are being held, and the dragon is being packed away. Right, for and this, this is where we have the second instance of cutting away from Tanya yeah. to hear her smack, I think, Jack again, or yep. somebody, yeah. Yeah, Jack... Uh, Jack tries to resist, and it just cuts away, and you just hear, oof. And then the next scene is Tanya's escorting him away. Yeah. Um, uh, and Lisa asks to have a moment alone with MacGyver. Right. And uh, even Nikolai's kind of like, why? And Max, Max all, yeah, why? <laughs> I don't have anything <laughs> Anything to say you yet. have to say to me, you can say in front of these people. <laughs> um, she tries to convince him that it wasn't a total con. And MacGyver's listing off the whole plan, basically, that the Americans will be blamed for the theft, but the Russians will recover it, and that'll solidify good relations between Russia and China. Yeah, against America. Yeah. Um, which, you know, I guess the, you know, even Russia and China, as much as they were both communist countries, they're kind of like their own communist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're your kind of communist, and we're our kind of communist. Yeah. Um, but Lisa tries to convince MacGyver and even kisses him, uh, like to, to as like like proof. Yeah. And while she's in the kissing embrace, MacGyver takes a hairpin from her, 
and he even shows it to her. Yeah, she, she knows exactly what he's going to do with it. Yeah, and so and so she does nothing to prevent it. Like that's her show of good faith. Yeah, like I'm you, still kind of on your side a little. Yeah, if you can get away, I'm not going to try to stop. Yeah. It. Uh. So he immediately goes to pick the locks on the handcuffs as soon as they're left yeah, alone. Yeah, they're put it, they're locked into a basement room. And Jack says, man, you have I have different tastes in women. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, Jack's all over Tanya in this episode. Yeah. Uh, so, and like, Max shows him the hairpin. He's like, where'd you get that? From a friend. And Max starts picking his locks, and Jack, has, he's cuffed behind himself. So Jack just starts, like, pushing himself up against MacGyver, like, do me, do <laughs> yeah, me, do he... me. <laughs> um, and... Uh, then they go to the door, which is locked. Yeah, and but then they use the handcuffs to pick the door lock. Yeah, even though he has a hairpin that he just mm-hmm. used to pick all the handcuffs. And honestly, they're on the inside of the door, and they can just remove the hinges just as easy. Yeah. Um, so during all this, uh, Rakubian wants to take a look at the dragon, and so he's going to come down and take a look at it, and he's as soon as he picks it up, he's just like... This, this is fake. This You're is totally terrible. fake. You know how your arms aren't broken, Tanya? That was the first indication yeah. that this is totally fake. Also, it's plaster. And he throws it to the ground and it shatters into the white, yeah, revealing white the white powder. plaster. Yeah. And I don't know why they're keeping Mac and Jack alive at this point. They don't need them for anything, right? Um. Yeah, but it's, it's your classic, I'm going to give you yeah. time to think about your death that's coming up. I think it would have made more sense if at this point they were like, well, you don't even have the real dragon, and we know where it is. Yeah. And then they're yeah. like, okay, well, yeah, then we have to keep you alive. But that, but then they, they could know use, it immediately. Yeah, but then they could use Jack as a hostage, and you'd be back in the same situation. Yeah, I guess. Um, they just put a necklace on Jack. He's like, joke's on you. I don't give a shit. Yeah. I don't care about Jack. If you had Pete, maybe. Yeah. Uh, so Mac and Jack are now sneaking through the house, and Jack wails on this guy. And even MacGyver's all, nice shot. Yeah. Um, and uh, But as they're leaving, MacGyver spots the necklace, the unexploded necklace, and pockets it. Which really shouldn't have worked at all. Yeah. Again, it should have been a fake necklace. But it's not. Right. So uh, when the general and Kossoff start looking for MacGyver, they're all, you know, they've escaped. And they took the necklace for some reason. Yeah. Um, and they instantly turn on Lisa. Like, that you must have had something to do yeah, with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So outside the house, MacGyver and Jack spot the helicopter, and he's all, Jack, can you can you fly that? Oh, yeah, sure. I mean, I took a lesson once. Because <laughs> flying a helicopter is very different from a plane. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, but they don't get very far when Tanya comes out from behind them and starts searching. You know, she puts, puts them up against the wall, and she finds the necklace, and she goes, what were you going to do with this? And she pockets now the necklace. Yeah. Um, and Jack says, you should put it on. It's fabulous with what you're wearing. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think she tries to, this is like to goad her into hitting him. Yeah. She goes to try to hit him with the gun and that's when MacGyver grabs her, spins her around and is now like holding her mouth. Yeah. Um, and says, go get the helicopter started. And Jack just takes off running. And then he tosses her into this guest house in the <laughs> it, yard. The shed. Yeah. The guest house. <laughs> yeah. It's a guest house for her. Yeah. Um, you live here now. Um, which is full of gasoline cans. Yeah. Adding... I still wish that as he was pushing her into this this shed that he had put the necklace over her. Yeah. Like put it on her head. Yeah, yeah. Good luck with this. Don't try to remove it. Um, 
So yeah, she's locked away in there. And Jack starts up the helicopter and gets it just off the ground. And, and MacGyver runs and gr- jumps up, has to jump up onto it to get yeah. on. And he says, you know, take off, take off. They got nothing, they've got nothing left here, you know? Yeah, all they have is Lisa and she turned on us. Yeah. Um, and as they're coming out, uh, Kossoff starts wanting to open fire on the helicopter. And then the general's like, oh, don't bother. They have the necklace, remember? Well, but but Lisa hits them both oh, first. But, yeah. Like, she, 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 I think she hits the general and takes his cane, then uses the cane on Nikolai. Then she tries to get into the helicopter. Yeah, she runs and they come back down and they grab her and Nikolai manages to get a shot off and really shoots her this time. Yeah. And uh, so she ends up dying in MacGyver's arms. And uh, as the helicopter is flying off... The but they gener- take the body, right? Yeah, they take the body. Because um, <laughs> it seems like if he had just dropped her right there, he would have seen her again in the next season. Yeah. Like, oh no, I was really shot and I died. Or I almost died, but... I almost I died again. rehabilitation and now I fell in love with the Chinese guy. And <laughs> it's just every every season she's betrayed us for another yeah, country. She's yeah, she's hanging on James Hong's arm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, uh... A girl with green eyes. Uh, the general's like, you know, don't bother. They got the necklace. And so you see him getting ready to push the button in, and there's this nice gentle cut of Tanya trying to break out of the, 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 the cell, the... You see that, yeah, she's in the shed, the necklace falls out of her pocket and lands next to a pile of gas cans. Yeah, and she's saying, General, they're getting away. And he goes, goodbye, MacGyver. And pushes, and you just see the, the shed. shed just explodes. It's the biggest explosion. Oh, it is so it's fantastic. maybe one of the best kills so far. The only way it could have been better is if she was wearing the necklace. Yeah. Oh, man, it's... I... I, <laughs> I can't get enough of that. Like horror. maybe, what if she wasn't there for the scene, that, uh, where they reveal that it's an explosive necklace, and for some reason she just thought it was a necklace, and she put oh, it on yeah. to see she, how it she never knew. Yeah, and then he uh, blows that up. But um, they don't have time to grieve over Lisa because they're immediately back at the uh, store, right? The Chinese store where Mac had made the switch. And Pete's with them now. Yeah, Pete and Chu arrive, and Chu is like, where the heck is the dragon? Yeah. Um, and MacGyver can't find it amongst the other ones. Which yeah, because he is... just put it on a shelf with all the other fake dragons. Yeah, but now we're seeing that they're all rubber. Yeah, the heads are like wobbling back and forth on the ones that he's mm-hmm. grabbing that are the wrong one. And, and, and Jack's all, what if someone had bought it? <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, he returns the dragon to Chu, and Chu says, I apologize for misjudging you, MacGyver. You didn't you misjudge didn't. him. He stole your stuff. He stole it. The ends do not justify the, the means. The bad guys held him hostage and said, "You have to steal this," and then he stole it at their request. Yeah. If, what if he? What if the request was to kill you, Commissioner Chu? Yeah. I mean, like, w- what point do you say that this is this has been a he horrible? He just delivers a plaster Chu corpse. Like, <laughs> here, I, I killed him. <laughs> what is this? This is fake. He throws it on the ground and explodes. <laughs> How did you even time to make this whole body cast? <laughs> I did it while you were asleep, Chew. <laughs> um, yeah, so they uh, they return the dragon, and as they're walking out with the Ming dragon, now the store owner comes out and says, hey, that's 750 Right. It's like, first of all, the rubber dragon's maybe 750 but that plaster one was at least like a 30 or $40 yeah. 
piece of uh, well-sculpted material. I, I feel like even the rubber... Oh, I guess maybe in the 80s it could have been 750. I mean, it's big, though. It's a pretty yeah. big thing. I would have guessed, like, 15. Uh, but, uh, you know, Pete says, oh, that's a real bargain. And he starts pulling out some money. And Jack, or Mac, just takes a whole bunch of money from Pete. Yeah, like, it's all, like 40 bucks or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it's like, like, those are 20s. It's like, I know. Yeah, keep the change. And there's, like, a like a happy moment. It's like, did your girlfriend just died again? Yeah. You, you seem way too happy and and not upset. Well, she was she was evil. Kind of. Mostly evil, I but guess. But the implication is that she was evil from even before MacGyver met her. That's true. That's very true. Um, this That was all, like, Vieira in... Uh, uh, yeah, it's the exact same thing as yeah. the previous episode for Love or Money. That uh, yeah. he falls in love with someone who, it turns out, was undercover KGB. Which is the same thing that happens to Vieira and happens to Diana in that episode. Yeah. They, they really like this... Uh, this femme fatale kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, yep. So the Ming Dragon is now recovered. They they do some kind of button about Rakubian and Kossoff going back to Russia uh, in shame, I guess. Yeah. Because um, they really don't have any evidence. Yeah. At this point, uh, except a dead Lisa. So all they've done is hurt the Chinese Russian relations. Yeah. With this whole endeavor. Which they probably won't ever talk about because they can't mention that the Ming Dragon was ever stolen. Yeah. So, really, the status quo is maintained. Yeah. Uh, and how was how the Russian general owning property in, in wherever this was filmed? That's true. He does have that cabin out in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, and so that's, that's the end. This is the, the, this whole episode, I mean, this is a two-part season premiere. Yeah. Uh, which today, if they did a two-part season premiere, they would be airing together. Yeah, they would just air in a row, but these yeah. were a week apart. Which is which is interesting. Yeah. Um, I'm not familiar with that kind of setup these days. Yeah, I don't even think they would call it a two-parter. It would have just been a special two-hour-long episode. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it was interesting. I think I think it hit enough of the different notes that it's like still a really exciting yeah. premiere episode. None of none of the crazy MacGyverisms were in this episode. Like yeah. it was all like he had he bought equipment to do the job. Yeah. Like he he didn't do anything special. He didn't make his own fake jade dragon. Yeah. Uh, so in, in that aspect, it's cool, but it's still it's still using problem solving. Like it's still gadgets and and evading security and all that stuff that MacGyver's yeah. good at. And we got Jack Dalton. And we're going to get a lot of Jack Dalton this season, which is very exciting. And a lot of Alyssa Duvalos after yeah. this episode. Yeah, so somehow she comes back. Yeah. Um, Nikki Carpenter, right? That's her character yeah. name later on. Uh, I think she comes back like as early as like episode five or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? It's funny because she pretty much is playing the character that Diana Rogers would be playing. That's true, yeah. She's like a, a special mercenary agent. Yeah. Um, and so it's kind of weird that they dropped Diana Rogers... Uh, for this character. Yeah. But still, season season three, man. We made it into season three. Yeah, we did. So, were there four seasons? Three, four, four? Four in Canada. Yeah. And then we go back to L.A. for the last season. Mm-hmm. But before we go, please allow me to present part two of our interview with Anthony DeLongis, who in this episode plays Nikolai Kossoff. How did that come about that you would play a second role on the series? Um, to tell you the truth, I'm not sure. Uh, 
you know, it, uh, our, our theory was just that Pieter was such an exciting and interesting character that the producers immediately regretted killing him at the end of the episode. It would be nice to think that, um, you know, Vince Smith, Cedric Jr. was, uh, was the coordinator on it. And, uh, on the first one, and on, uh, you know, when we moved up to Canada, yeah. um, I grew up in Canada as it happens. And I belong to the unions up there, but, uh, Oh, okay. I've done some work up there, but this this is a side contract. They were bringing me up. It was neat because uh, they don't they don't bring very many people out of the A-listers up anymore. So uh, yeah, uh, you know, kind of kind of a uh, work opportunity that have dried up a little when they used to. Actually, but that anyway, that's that's the nature of show business. Sure, yeah. But no, I was I was very delighted because uh, you know, I said I'm an actor, so you know, I I came here on a completely different character. Um, I used to play a lot of KGB agents, so I have an affinity for accents. Uh, I like them because they change my rhythm. Yeah. And I do a lot of voiceover now, and uh, I do a lot of accents and voiceover. But, uh, yeah, I got, uh, I, years ago, I'd done a movie uh, she wrote, and Edward Bellello was, uh, you know, he's a very famous ballet dancer. Um, I'd actually uh, done some work with Rudolph Nuriak, too. But Edward said, your Russian accent's really good. And I was like, well, thank you. He would know because a lot of his, you know, ballet. Uh, well, one of my, my teachers uh, possessed something very small talk, but he was that my model for Russian. So, yeah. But I got, I, I got to go up and create a character, which uh, uh, I had a little more difficulty when I was doing Highlander, the series. I did it season three. And uh, so yeah. I played a character, uh, Lyman Curlow. You know, he was... Irishman, so I was doing a bit of an Irish accent, and uh, I found out after the fact that it Paul, the series lead, had called up the producers and said, "This guy's really good. Do we have to kill him?" Uh, <laughs> and, you know, but the, the script called the "Yes, you must die." So I died, and you know, a year went by, and uh, you know, I had actually had a speaking relationship with the uh, you know the writers uh, here in town. And I went back and goes, so "What's it going to take for me to get back on the show?" And <laughs> Oh, you were so distinctive. You know, you did such a great job. I, I'm an actor. I can be different. And I said, well, come up with a, a story we haven't done. Well, they were in there going into their fifth season. They had almost 100 episodes. Yeah. Uh, so I, I came in and I pitched, uh, I think I pitched four or five story ideas. And said, well, that's kind of like this. You know, that's kind of like that story. And that's kind of like this. And then I kept up, came up with one called... Uh, it basically, uh, years ago, there was a book called The Yakuza with uh, Robert Mitchum and uh, Takakura Ken yeah. and Brian Keith, and they, uh, they refer to it as Giddy, which is the debt you can never repay. Um, you know, and this that this woman, uh, you know, she basically saved uh, McLeod's life by, you know, pledging herself to a man she didn't love, my character. Right, you know, so that I would kill the cloud, and uh, of course later on I get so jealous that I kill her, and, uh, and now she's dead, and this is a debt he could never repay, and so, you know. So it, but it intrigued them enough that they wrote this for me, and uh, uh, I had also sent them notes on a style that had never been on film before, called the Serious Circle, uh, which is a unique uh, system of Spanish rapier fighting that was virtually unchanged for well over two hundred years. Wow. Uh, while the rest of Europe was going into the uh, Italian school, uh, Capo Ferro, et cetera. Again, this, this, is, this is what study does for you. It gives you uh, 
it, it, you know, it gives you facts that you can that you can mine and you know uh, use to create more interesting characters. Yeah. The audience will will have a good time. So, anyway, um, we uh, they were I I had pitched uh, I was hoping to get to uh, Zorro uh, to uh, you know the sword work for Zorro. And I pitched to Robert Rodriguez, but three days later, he left the project. Martin Campbell took over. Martin Campbell brought in Bob Anderson. It's pretty tough to compete with uh, when he was still with us. Bob, you know, was first grade. And I kind of went, oh. The next week, I get this call from Tyler saying, you want to go to Paris? You know, we've, uh, you know, we're going to do a story on your idea. And, you know, you can, uh, and with my friend Ron McCash, we put the Spanish system of uh, Distresa on film for the first time. Uh, it was funny because I had, uh, you know, suggested the circle to the Zorro uh, stuff and it helped a, a previous writer write a draft where, you know, we brought in the element of the circle and it became a story point that the, uh, you know, in the first Banderas, uh, Zorro, of course, I got no credit or, uh, or even a job out of it, but, uh, yeah, but I, I did get to put it on film before Zorro came out, but, uh, you know, it, it became a pivotal uh, aspect of both the episode of my character. Yeah. Cool. The character you play in Lost Love is actually, um, you're reprising uh, a character that was brought up in the first season. I was curious if you had watched that first episode to prepare to play the role of Nikolai Kozov. Oh, actually, I wasn't aware of that. Um, I I did not know that. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, the the two characters don't really the the backstory doesn't really come into play with with the newer episode, but I I think they were just interested in bringing back a character we'd seen before. So, I did have a sense of that. Um, you know, there it seems to me there was something in the script that indicated that uh, MacGyver and I had a past. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, but I just thought it was you know something they put in the script. I wasn't aware they'd done an episode with another actor. So. You know, uh, apologies to whoever that other actor was, and, you know, my thanks and gratitude to the producers for giving me a shot at it. Sure, yeah. I think they, they actually have done what you're talking about in other episodes, where a villain just hints at a past that he had with MacGyver, but th that villain has never occurred before. But but this yeah, one was an actual yeah. reference to a previous episode. Have you ever been uh, seriously injured doing a stunt? Not seriously. Um, again, uh, I, I come in, uh, I, I think of myself more as uh, an action specialist, uh, you know, particularly fights and weapons. And, uh, you know, I've been uh, studying, you know, well over four decades to, you know, bring that, uh, you know, those skills to play, sure. both uh, as a performer and then. If I'm helping other performers, you know, maximize their action, character-driven opportunities, because that's what it should be. If you're not driving, if you're not driving story and articulating character, to me, it's eye candy. Uh, and there's some nice eye candy out there, but ultimately, I don't think the, the audience gets as invested in the characters. Uh, so that is more of what I do. Yeah. Uh, uh, a lot less of, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not leaping off of tall buildings or setting myself on fire. Right. Or, you know, a couple of times I've done, you know, uh, you know, what's we, what, what would be a little more in the stunt arena as opposed to the action arena. To me, action is the, uh, should be the business of the actor. You should do as much of it as you can. Yeah. Uh, having prepared yourself as best you can. You know, I always, when people come from all over the country, all over the world, drinks the, uh, and I like teaching because teaching keeps me performance 
sharp. Uh, uh, but I, you know, I compliment people that, you know, you're taking responsibility for your own training. This is great. Uh, ultimately, the actors go, well, I'll, I'll learn it after I get the job. It's kind of going, e- you won't learn very much. <laughs> because especially in television, you rarely have any rehearsal time. So, you know, I've, I've got four decades worth of rehearsal, so I can walk on the set and throw something together and be able to, you know, do, do, do it at a performance level. But then I'm always rehearsing. Yeah. Most people don't. And as a result, they either get the, you know, they have to be doubled, which, uh, you know, you know if you're going to get tossed off a building or out of window, yes, you should be doubled. That's yeah. That's a specialist. But if, uh, you know, you're going to do, you know, you're going to do a fight scene. The more that you could do, the more uh, you know the camera could see your face. The more credibility you have. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, smart actors do that. And Richard Dean Anderson did do most of his own stunts for that the first oh, few well, seasons. Oh, yeah, certainly the episode that I was involved with it was always Richard. I I don't even recall him having stunts up, although although I'm sure you know, as I said, Mister Junior, tremendous stunt coordinator. Uh, I'm sure he had him covered when he needed. Sure. Yeah. Uh, most of the time, you want to see Richard doing stuff. Yeah. You know, so. Well, it's it really has been a pleasure speaking with you, and I appreciate you sharing your time with hey, us thank today. Thank you, Patrick. Uh, you know, um, uh, cheers and respects to your to your listeners, and uh, I hope they enjoy this. If you ever want to chat again, let me know. Sure. Thanks so much. All Thank right. Bye bye. Bye bye. Well, I think that's about it for this episode. Yeah. Um, if you have any thoughts on this or future episodes, you can find us on Twitter at Opening Gambit. You can find us on Facebook.com slash Phoenix Foundation Podcast or our website, PhoenixFoundationPodcast.com. And if you're digging the show, feel free to review us on iTunes. Uh, tune in next week. We're going to be covering Season 3, Episode 3, Back from the Dead, mm. which uh, features the reappearance of a character from Season 2, Episode 2. So he went from 2-2 two, two to 3-3. Three, three. Nice. Good progression. Um, actually, there's a couple people from that episode. Oh, yeah, um, it makes sense. Because the Papa. bad guy from that episode is coming back, too. Yeah, yeah. Not, not Papa, but the other guy. Yeah. Um, Ralph. Um, but, yeah, so stay tuned for that. We're going to see uh, the Eraser return. Um, yeah. And uh, thank you for listening. Thanks. Thanks.